Hello and welcome back to our devotions on the Psalms. Today I want to reflect on Psalm 104. Psalm 104 is about nature and God's creation, God's activity on earth and his creation. Now I know some of you are nature lovers and you will probably love this psalm if you have not heard it before. Um, listen to it. It talks about creation of the earth, it talks about the hours, the animals, the plants, the mountains. And I'm sure you love just listening to this poem, this psalm. And then after that, I'll reflect a little with you, but my reflection of it will just be a minuscule part of what you can gather from this psalm. So take your time to reflect on this, to meditate on this psalm. Best yet, if you were to go out to nature, to look at the mountains, the trees, the streams, the birds, the animals, and then you think about what these creation, what these creatures tell us about God. So sit back and listen to Psalm 104. Let us pray. Father, speak your beautiful truths to us, that Lord, as we look at your creation, we may see that you indeed are active, in all that you do, that everything that is created shows your presence, your care, most of all, your love for us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Psalm 104. Bless the Lord, O my soul. O Lord, my God, you are very great. You're clothed in, with splendor and majesty, covering yourself with light as with a garment stretching out the heavens like a tent. He lays the beams of his chambers on the waters. He makes the clouds his chariot. He rides on the wings of the wind. He makes his messengers winds, his ministers a flaming fire. He sets the earth on its foundation so that it should never be moved. You covered it with the deep as with a garment. The waters stood above the mountains. As your at your rebuke they fled. At the sound of your thunder they took to flight. The mountains rose, the valleys sank down to the place that you appointed for them. You set a boundary that they may not pass so that they might not again cover the earth. You make springs gush forth in the valleys, they flow between the hills. They give drink to every beast of the field, the wild donkeys quench their thirst. Beside them the birds of the heavens dwell, they sing among the branches. From your lofty abode you water the mountains. The earth is satisfied with the fruit of your work. You cause the grass to grow for the livestock and plants for man to cultivate, that he may bring forth food from the earth, and wine to gladden the heart of man, oil to make his face shine, and bread to strengthen man's heart. The trees of the Lord are watered abundantly, the cedars of Lebanon that he planted. In them the birds build their nests, the stock has a home in the fir trees. The high mountains are for the wild goats. The rocks are a refuge for the rock badgers. He made the moon to mark the seasons. The sun knows its time for setting. You make darkness and it is bright night. And all the beasts of the forest creep about. The young lions roar for their prey, seeking their food from God. When the sun rises, they steal away and lie down in their dens. Man goes out to his work and to his labour until the evening. O Lord, how manifold are your works! In wisdom have you made them all. The earth is full of your creatures. Here is the sea, great and wide, which teems with creatures innumerable. 
living things both great and small. There go the ships and Leviathan, which you formed to play in it. These all look to you to give them their food in due season. When you give it to them, they gather it up. When you open your hand, they are filled with good things. When you hide your face, they are dismayed. When you take away their breath, they die and return to their dust. When you send your forth your spirit, they are created, and you renew the face of the ground. May the Lord the glory of the Lord endure forever. May the Lord rejoice in his works, who looks on the earth and trembles, who touches the mountains and they smoke. I will sing to the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praise to my God while I have been. May my meditation be pleasing to him, for I rejoice in the Lord. Let sinners be consumed from the earth. Let the wicked be no more. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Praise the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. This psalm is written probably as a very personal psalm uh, to himself, David, and uh, by himself. Some of the psalms David writes to the Levites and the priests and the musicians, that's for congregational singing. But this psalm is a personal reflection where psalmist says to his own soul, he speaks to himself, worship, bless the Lord or worship the Lord. Worshipping the Lord on our own is as important as worshipping in the congregation. This is a time where we are in awe of God. And as the psalmist looks at creation, he sees the grandeur, the majesty of God and he says, worship, bless the Lord. O my soul, O Lord, you are very great. And then from verse 2 to verse 4, he describes first the larger parts of creation. He says, you cover yourself with light as of a garment, stretching out the heavens like a tent. When we look at light, the earth, the world, the earth in the daytime, it's really a beautiful uh, picture Especially at sunrise and sunset, you see the various hues of colours. It's not just monochrome. It's like a garment, like, like Joseph's coat of many colours. It is bright, it is blue, it is red, it is yellow, it is purple, it is um, many, many colours. And as we gaze at that, we really admire what God has created um, with light. And then the stretches out like a garment stretching out the heavens like a tent. As you look at the sky, even a cloudless sky, you see a canopy above you. Of course, in science, we know that that is just outer space, but in yet that layer of uh, ozone layer, whatever that is, that reaches, that, that seems to cover us, that really looks like a tent. And then he says he makes the clouds his chariot and rides on the wind, wings of the wind, makes his messengers win, winds, his ministers a flaming fire. Many religions uh, that were surrounding the Hebrews saw the clouds, saw the wind, and saw fire as deities. They worshipped the wind, the clouds. But here the psalmist is saying, hey, that's none, we have none of that. These are not deities. It is God who controls them. He rides on the clouds. Have you ever sat on a plane and looked down at the clouds below? They are huge, they are billowing, yet they are so light. But you see beautiful pictures of it. It is like God sitting on them, the clouds, and He created them. The winds are His. 
even as we read about the hurricanes in Florida, we realize too that God has control over the winds and the flaming fire as well. Next then, he, the psalmist looks at the waters and he says from verse 5 to verse 9 about how the waters, how God divided the waters, how great and powerful the oceans are. You covered it with deep, with the deep in verse 6. You covered the mountains with the deep as with a garment. The waters stood above the mountains. When I first learned geography, I, when I learned geography, I realized then that there were mountains and valleys under the ocean. It was not just plain water and the seabed, flat seabed. Rather, that there were huge mountain ranges and valleys in the ocean. And that's a gorgeous, that's an awe-inspiring thought. That previously these were mountains and valleys which God covered with water. And yet God did not cover everything with water, allow the water to cover everything. Instead, he divided parts of these mountains to be dry land and others to be covered by water. God did not use his hands to do that. He shouted, he says, at your rebuke. The, the sense of it is that God shouted at the water and the waters moved. We think then about the Red Sea and the crossing of the Red Sea. That it was part of God's doing, it was easy for him. He shouted at the waters, he caused the winds to blow the waters aside. It tells us of the majesty of God, that when God shouted at the waters, the waters divided. The mountains rose, the valleys sank down to a place where God had appointed. And so there was a boundary where water could not cross. These were the huge things that God did of nature. But God also looked at details. And from verse 10 to verse 13, Psalmist talks about God providing for nature. He says, You make springs gush forth in the valleys, and then they go down to water the beast um, to give um, the wild donkeys, and then the birds could live there. And then... He watered the mountains so that every creature on the earth was satisfied with God's work. God created streams and allowed streams to water the mountains, to flow through the mountains, to, to quench the thirst of his creatures. One of the things that stands out is what Jesus taught. He says, your father brings rain or gives water to the godly and the ungodly. God is not a conditional God. When God created the earth, God blessed it with water that will quench the thirst, that would water the plants and give food to humanity, to human beings. And God did not discriminate between the good and the bad. He caused the rain to fall, the good and the bad. Verse 14 to verse 15. Then he continues with... Um, with God providing for the grass and the plants. But notice here that at the end of it, the purpose of the plants, of livestock, of, of creation, was for man's benefit. Can you imagine that? That God made the mountains, watered the mountains, gave water to plants, and all that, so that it might bless mankind. 
When God created the heavens and the earth, made it beautiful and as he said, it is good, he had mankind in mind, humankind in mind, that all of these worked towards blessing us as people. He says he gave grass to grow and livestock and plants for man to cultivate, that he might bring forth food from the earth and wine to gladden the heart, oil to make his face shine, bread to strengthen man's heart. It wasn't just the necessities of life. God did not just give bare necessities. He gave things for man to enjoy, oil to brighten his face, wine to gladden the heart. When we think of how kind and generous God was right from the beginning, even before we, we sinned, even before Christ came, God had us in mind as he created all this beauty. Then the next part from verse 16 to verse 18 talks about the various habitats. Now the birds built their nests, the stock in the fur, mountains of a wild goats, rocks are a refuge for rock badgers. God thought of details like that, little details of where to keep animals, or uh, give a home to animals. But as we think about this, we remember what Jesus said when he said, foxes have holes and um, birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. We think of how God, in all his detail, created homes for animals. But Jesus, when he came to earth, decided that he would not even have that luxury that God created for mere animals. That he would live among the homeless because he wanted to feel, to share the pain of the homeless. Think of that. The God who created all beautiful, powerful things decided to forego even the most basic things that were created for animals. And he lived without a home. And then from verse 19 to verse 23, it talks about God creating night and day and assigning to animals the time of the day that they should come out. How amazing is that? That there are animals like the beasts of the forest, the young lions, that come out to seek their food at night. But mankind is given, allotted the day to do his work. Lions and, and mankind were considered the two kings of, of creation, I suppose you could call it that. And God did not allow them to meet, lest man be overwhelmed by lions or lions be killed by man. God separated them. And as we look at nature, it's so amazing how God appoints time for different animals. I love walking along Sungai Ulu Pandan. And you know, when I go early, like 6-something, 7 I see a convoy of monitor lizards swimming down the canal. I mean, it's just amazing. It's almost like heavy traffic, you know, like boat traffic. Oh, one by one, the monitor lizards just just swim down, just swim down the canal. It's an amazing sight. And then a little later, about seven o'clock, you see the birds, the waterfowl, the egrets, um, the cranes beginning to fly, beginning to land on the ground. And then even a little bit long old, later, you see the otters playing in the water, each with their own time. And it's so amazing as we watch how God creates that for us. And then man goes out to work to his labour until the evening. 
And then in from verse 24 to verse 26, God summarizes the wisdom, of, the psalmist summarizes the wisdom of God. In wisdom, you made them all. The earth is full of your creatures, the big ones, the small ones, the ones that teem in huge, um, huge flocks or um, schools of fish. You know, have you ever seen evening sunset when the sparrows and the swallows swim in large, large flocks? It's just a sight to behold as you see hundreds perhaps of birds just flying together in formation. They're all going home. God created all that. And one of the things that God, that truths about that is that they all look to God in verse 27 to give them food in due season. Have you ever wondered how God feeds the animals when Jesus when Jesus said, Why do you worry about food and what to eat and what to drink? When you look at the birds, they neither sow, they neither save store and storehouses, and yet your heavenly father feeds them. I was watching a documentary of, of um, penguins, and there were thousands, there was a mile-long parade of penguins moving along the Arctic. And there were thousands, literally thousands of them. And the question I had was, how do they eat? I mean, it's one thing to have 10 penguins uh, catching fish. It's another thing to have thousands of penguins all squeezed together finding food. But it's, ama it's amazing how God feeds all of them. And then we realize that each of these creation, of God's creation, depend on God for food. And God has kept them, sustained them all these um, generations, all these centuries by giving them food, allowing them to eat, um, whether it is the food cycle or, or whatever, that God has created food for each of these animals. And then we think about ourselves, how, how much we worry about, about money, how much we worry about what we're going to eat, what we're going to wear. And it tells me then that if God could feed a sparrow, one sparrow among a thousand sparrows flying together, surely God has ways of feeding us even in our time of lack. I want us to reflect on that. Allow God to tell us how he takes care of animals and how ultimately he uses the animals to be a blessing to us that we are the pinnacle of God's creation. We are the most precious of God's creation. God created all livestock and plants that they may bring joy and life to us. And then they are also dependent on God. When God hides his face, they starve. It is God who is in charge that we then can learn to trust God. And then finally, the conclusion, verse 31 to 35, May the Lord glory of the Lord endure forever. May the Lord rejoice in his works. All that God has done is good and is beautiful. But in verse 35, it says, Let sinners be consumed from the earth and let the wicked be no more. We think about the harm that we do to nature and to one another. It was never meant to be that way. It was never meant that there will be thousands and millions of people starving, dying of starvation. And it is because of the cruelty and the wickedness of mankind. 
God never intended that. He intended that the earth be flowing with water and plants and beautiful things that will feed us. But we in our greed, we in our wickedness, have destroyed much of what God has created and therefore have caused global warming, have caused starvation and famines for people. And the psalmist cries out, May you destroy the wicked, the sinners. Let the wicked be no more because of the harm that they have done to the earth. This is also our cry as we try our best to conserve, as we try our best to care for creation. But we, because we recognize that in the ideal world, God created and provides for all animals and for all mankind. Let us be aware of the harm that we do to nature and the cry of the psalmist, will you wipe out the sinners? Let the sinners be consumed. Let the wicked be no more. It could be us too, as we prayerfully think about how we can be responsible for creation, for all that God has done. Because every harm that we do to God's creation harms others as well. Let us pray. Father, open our eyes to behold your majesty and your glory. For indeed, Lord, you are a powerful, majestic, awesome God, full of wisdom in all that you do. You created mountains, and the waters, and the seas, the skies, the clouds. But you also created little animals and large animals, created the plants, and you provided food and water for each of these. Lord, you did all this for our sakes, that we may be fed, that we may have oil that will, that will shine our faces, wine that will make us joyful. You created all this because you love us. Forgive us, Lord, for our irresponsibility and for our selfishness. Forgive us, Lord, when we have destroyed so much of what you have done in our greed, in our failure to see the needs of others. Help us then, Lord, we pray, speak to us, that we may learn to be responsible in the things that we do, that we may care for that which you have created. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well then, thanks very much for listening in. Um, yeah, just one highlight. We will be having um, outreach to the migrant communities. And the first one will be on the 13th of November, where we will do a medical screening. Now, some of you may say, I don't know how to do anything medical. Well, that's fine. Um, just do, there's crowd control, there's registration. There are many administrative tasks. There's just prayer or befriending. But some of you may also have a few skills. I mean, 40 years ago, more than 40 years ago, I was a medic. Uh, I still remember how to take blood pressure. I still remember how to draw blood, but please don't let me do it for you. Uh, but we have some skills. And those of you who are nurses or who have had some medical training, training in, I don't know, some medical procedures, do come up and sign as well. If you know of doctors, a doctor friend, could you also encourage the doctor friend to sign up? Because we need all of these together to reach out to the migrant community in Jalan Tukang. Well, then on the 13th of, oh, sorry, on the 17th of December, then we celebrate Christmas and we throw a party with them. 
um, and we need again people who can lead in games uh, or just befriending and having a fun time with the migrant workers. Our aim is not just one-off programs. We hope to develop friendships with them. Having developed friendships, we may go on, um, well, deepen the friendships, sharing our faith with them, uh, being, being a blessing to the migrant workers in Singapore. So do take note of that and I encourage you to prayerfully consider signing up. Well, thank you and God bless you. Goodbye.